it almost seems like an oxymoron when you think of the idea of a leader leading themselves. I mean, wouldn't that be like a dog chasing his tail? Wouldn't it be like the <clears throat> the kid in the wagon trying to make himself go by shoving the wagon as opposed to getting out and pulling the wagon or pushing it from behind or maybe having a friend push it? How does a leader lead themselves? Oh, you hear it all the time. Just about every leader concept comes first with lead yourself. I have a friend who's a Black, Rock, Black Hawk pilot. Um, after the military, she went into leadership training. She still does leadership training. One of her first books is called Fly. First, lead yourself. First, lead yourself. How do you do that? How does one lead themselves without looking like a dog chasing their tail? That's what I want to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Stay tuned. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And it does seem like a bit of an oxymoron for a leader to lead themselves. But you know, once I say this, you're going to go, well, duh, of course, that's so simple. Anybody could have thought of that. In fact, it's so simple. Everybody does it. And the truth is, you're right. It is. It's so simple. The problem is, when something is that simple, it may be common sense, it may be common knowledge, but it's not always common practice. And that is a big problem. In fact, the exercise that I'm going to give you for leading yourself, you're already doing it. But you might not be doing it on purpose. Or you might be doing it on purpose, but not with intentionality. Let me explain what I mean. So here's the, the really simple premise of leading yourself. Oh, it's got a million different names. It's got names like internal language. Uh, Zig Ziglar used to call them the old tapes playing in my head. Uh, some call it self-talk. Others call it programming. I call it story power. Yep, all of that is the same thing. Dr. Caroline Leaf calls it the neurocycle. And in the exercise in the neurocycle, when she talks about the different ways to reconstruct your brain, hear that, reconstruct your brain. So what others have flippantly called self-talk and internal chatter, internal language, what I call story power, I want you to see it like this for a moment. I want you to picture that remodel project when they came in to put in the new bathtub. And I don't mean the, the new tub liner thing where they just slap a new one on top of it and then trim up and the old bathtub is actually still there. It just looks prettier. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is when they come in and they rip out the drywall, they rip out the tile, they scrape all the glue off the floor right down to the concrete, and you've got concrete and studs where your bathroom used to be, and they start over building. And maybe this is when they put in the garden tub with the jacuzzi jets in it. Maybe this is when they put in the dual sink so you and your significant other don't have to fight over toothbrushes and who gets to brush their teeth and who gets to wait. No, they're, they're rebuilding, remodeling completely. If you've ever had a kitchen remodeled or a bathroom remodeled, you know it doesn't happen overnight. Or you might be able to put that tub liner thing in over a weekend, but to remodel the entire thing, to strip it down to the floor in the studs and start over. That's a different thing. 
When we talk about the neurocycle and the self-talk and the internal story and the internal language, I want you to understand every time you go through this process, through this cycle, it's like remodeling the bathroom. Let that, let that settle in for a minute because it literally is. In fact, when Dr. Leaf talks about it, and I challenge, if you haven't paid any attention to Dr. Caroline Leaf, just, just go to your YouTube search and look for Caroline Leaf and Lewis Howe, or Caroline Leaf, and she's been on so many other podcasts and interviews, and just listen to the conversations that she has and look specifically for the phrase neurocycle. It's the process of breaking down decades-old habits, things that you've been thinking to yourself for years. We can't afford it might be one of those little things or I'm always going to be heavy might be one of those little things where I don't like the way people talk to me like this might be one of those little things. Here's one for you. Racism, sexism, and ageism. All of those, all of those horrible social ills. Yeah, they're self-talk. Absolutely self-talk. When you see a person who's not exactly like you, Something starts firing off in your head right away and you're telling yourself that kind of person is different from me and therefore lead yourself. Right then is the moment to go, hang on, I don't like that thought. I don't agree with that thought. As I consciously think about it, I don't even believe that thought. And yet, subconsciously, you know that you will treat those people in that kind of car on that side of town with that kind of clothes on with all those things on their face, the little metal and, and ink and beards and, and different colored skin. And oh my gosh, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. But subconsciously, you have a different way of viewing, trusting, engaging, conversing, respecting those people because of that internal talk. See, the neurocycle, what I call story power, makes you ask the question, where did that story come from? Why do I keep telling myself that story? Is that story even remotely true? See, one of the exercises that I walk my customers through, and you can do it in the story power journal, in the Story Power Journal, it causes you to look at a story, to write that story out from beginning to end, a story that you might tell of yourself, of your childhood. Maybe you'll use it as an illustration when you're leading someone else or teaching a principal. Maybe you use it from the stage or in an interview. But that story, that story has some great value to lead you long before it leads anybody else. See, that story tells a lot about you. In fact, part of the exercise is to take that story and write it word for word from beginning to end the way that you would tell it to somebody else. Close the journal. And a couple of days later, on another fresh page, without looking back at that story, write it again. But do it from another environment. Maybe the first time it's in the coffee shop. Maybe the second time it's in your comfy chair at home. Maybe another time it's sitting on the curb at your parents' house. Or in a fishing boat in the middle of the lake. Or in a ski resort watching other people ski. Or at an airport. See, here's what you know. You know this, and you know you know this. You just maybe never thought about how much impact it has on the story that you're telling yourself. 
you have a different stress level, different hormones flowing through your body sitting on the curb of your parents' house than you have sitting at a mountain ski resort watching other people ski. Then you have sitting in a stressful place like the airport where everything is hustle and bustle and the noise and the volume and everybody's in a hurry and you can feel the vibrational energy, the frequency of everybody else's stress. It's like walking into a wading pool that is not the right temperature, if you know what I mean. You kind of feel everybody else's mess in your own life, even if you go there not stressed out. We know that to be true because nobody goes to the airport just to hang out. We go there because we have to. See, the reality of the story that you're telling in your head, constructing it, deconstructing it, reconstructing it, asking yourself honestly, are those principles true? Do I make decisions based on this story and how I treat others? Do I make decisions in my life based on this story and how I feel about myself or how I feel about a particular individual or how I feel about a particular season in my life or phase of time or series of events. And if I really stop and look at that story, is it even true? Have I been lying about that incident to myself all of my life? And if I have, what decisions have I made based on that story? Now, I can tell you, as a matter of my own process of exercise, in fact, Live a More Excellent Life, this book, this was the first book that I wrote. This book is that exercise. For a year and a half, I went through the stories of my life and I asked myself, is that true? In some cases, I even sat down with the other players in the story, I asked people, um, do you remember this? Did you go through this? Did you experience it the same way I did? did? Did you get the same thing out of it? Did you learn what I learned in it? And in some of those places, I knew that I was the only one who was the victim of the story, or the only one who was the observer in the story. And in fact, some of those stories, as I wrote them, and I pounded on them, and I dug through them, and I emotionally revisited them, and other people went, no, that's not how it happened. And I'm like... I'm pretty sure it is. I'm, in fact, I've, I've based the rest of my decision-making life on what happened that day. And still, there are those stories in my life, like there will be stories in your life, where it's like five people standing on the corner watching a car accident happen. And during the investigation, there are nine different stories. Five people, nine stories. Why? Because what we see, what we perceive, what we feel, what we remember, what we can recall, and what we retell, they don't always stay the same. And we can sometimes be persuaded along the way that that moment in that time was a little bit different. I want to challenge you as a leader to take the time to sit down and write out a couple of the stories of your life. I recommend that you start with the ones that have shaped the way you think about other people or about finances or about world governments or about social systems or about education. The kinds of things that on a daily basis impact the work that you do and the people that you serve. Write some of those stories out. Write them out from first person, not a narrator. Write them out as you're recalling having been in that moment. Make note 
of the emotions that flow through you as you tell this story to yourself on paper. And then close up the book and walk away from it. And I'm, I'm guessing over the next several days, you're going to be going through that story in your head subconsciously. The neurocycle says you've got to take the time to pull that back into the conscious mind and review it yet again and ask yourself what parts are true and what parts are not true. And as you do that, you're going to reshape that story. And subconsciously, it will change the way you behave with yourself and with others. Maybe one of those questions that you want to ask yourself has to do with your diet or your exercise or your physical being, your physical health. Maybe it has to do with your spiritual condition or your relationships to others. As you dig into that stories, that story, all of those stories, through this process, you're going to begin to find that there are stories in you that have shaped the way you discuss the things with other people and even who you discuss those things with. And those elements of that story really need your time and attention. Because if you want to lead yourself you got to take time to get to know yourself. You got to ask yourself some really tough questions. Now, granted, this is a whole lot easier exercise with a coach. Some people would say with a therapist. I'm going to tell you, whether you do it by yourself or you do it with a friend or an accountability partner in a small group or with a coach, just the exercise of looking at those old stories, you're probably going to do some laughing, you're probably going to do some crying, you're probably going to do some recollecting, and you're infinitely going to ask yourself, why is this so? Trust me, it's going to make a huge difference in your life and the way you treat people around you. But remember, part of that secret, part of that secret formula in that story analysis is to write it out beginning to end, then close it up, and a couple of days later, write the same story, the same incident from another environment, and see how emotionally you change that story based on the environment that you're in telling you it's going to happen. If you find yourself in that place where you're like, okay, now that I've found these stories, I don't know what to do with them. Well, now it's time to consider Story Power Masterclass. And you can find that at storypowermasterclass.com. You can check it out. You can find some exercises. In fact, there's a, a little 10, 12 minute video that will walk you through the four steps of finding these stories. And you, there's a download of the journal. You can find that for free right there on storypowermasterclass.com. Whether you're leading a large group or a small group, whether you're just trying to figure out how to better lead yourself, whether you want to speak from a platform or write a book or just use good conversation to connect with people that you lead, Story Power Masterclass is a great resource for you. And I challenge you to take a look at that. Also, everything about Dr. Caroline Leaf uh, that has to do with switch on your brain and the modern American diet and all of these good stuff. If you can dig into the neurocycle, it's not easy work, but it's worth it. Take the time to lead yourself before you try to lead others. And if you're not sure how to lead yourself, then start with a journal, a pen, and an old story that you recall because you lived through it. And then look at it from different angles. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.